UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty turns, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have with me a gifted, intuitive, and author of award-winning books with me today. I have with me Deborah Moffat. Um, she's a, a spiritual, great in spirituality. Um, she is the author of the books Awaken the World, Garden of Bliss, and Riviera Stories. She leads workshops and retreats on developing intuition, inspired writing, deep intuitive creativity in the United States and Europe. Her popular French Alps retreats have attracted participants from around the world. She has taught at the Sophia Institute in Charleston, South Carolina, and SLN Institute in Big Sur, California. Her writing has appeared frequently in Unity Magazine with U.S. interviews of Lynn McTaggart and Joe Dispenza and many luxury and consumer magazines worldwide. And I want to give her a big warm welcome to the show and, and, and thank her for joining me. Um, uh, Deborah, thank you for joining me. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for having me, Rob. I'm really excited, happy to have connected with you and to hear about your plans for the future, which sound really interesting. You, you know, what was so interesting. I thought we should talk about this. I, I found you on accident and then I realized you would be an even better guest than the person I was looking for. There's a lady <laughs> who has the same name from you. She's a paranormal experiencer. She had like a demonic attack and her name's Deborah Moffat. And I was mm -hmm. looking for her and then I found you and I was like, well, wait, this is more up my alley because I'm really kind of going in the direction of like spirituality and Psy. I love Psy. You know, I feel like I have like a a really strong intuition myself. And I feel like the more I research and meditate, it seems to grow. I can't do psychic readings. You know, I'm not really good with that, but I'm really good with like, um, I can really sense when something bad is going to happen. I think we all have that though, but I have like uh, intuition, like, you know, just, I have like real strong intuition. Like I can pick sports winners really easily. Um, but where did your, um, where did your skills with your size skills come, start to come into your life? When did you start noticing them? Okay, so as you probably noticed, whenever you had a look at my um, site, I was in international business for quite some time, right? And so in that world, it's a very linear corporate world. And now you've had that experience as well. You talked to me a little bit about it when we were starting. And um, I had a moment, kind of like a wake up call where I write about this in my book, Awake in the World. I call it um, a three alarm wake up call where uh, the job was not working out, my relationship broke up, and I got really, really sick. And so when all those things come together, it's a message, you got to change something, right? And when that happened, um, I decided to leave the corporate world and to do what I always felt like I was supposed to be doing, which was right. And that's what I started doing. But it was a process because as you know, and a lot of people who are listening know, we're educated out of being creative and we're educated out of being intuitive because we're taught to 
be linear. We're taught that everything has to be A plus B equals C. And intuition does not work like that. You know that from having connected with me and all the different things you do and the people that you connect with. Um, intuition is really cool because things come in and they happen um, without having a why. Like my partner will sometimes, I'll, I'll tell him something that is, is like, he'll, he'll ask me, um, I don't know, um, where is something? And I'll tell him, you know, I'll tell him like the other day, he asked me where he left something. And I just off the top of my head, I said, you, you threw it in the trash. And it was not something you would typically, typically throw in the trash, but he went and he looked and he pulled it out of the trash. And he always, he will always ask why, why did you do that? Or why do you, you know, what's the why to the information that you get? And that's not how the things, way things work. It's right. And you know that as well, when it comes to your intuitions or your feelings about something isn't going to work out or something is going to work out, you can't necessarily say why, but when you follow it and you stay on the flow, things come together and you just know, right? It's just right. And and that's kind of the magic of intuition. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I wanted to say was I, I, uh, I, I wanted to, uh, I, I think we're one of my favorite authors. I just had him on my show. His name is Matthew LaCroix. He talks about that we're, you know, he talks about the ancient gods, but he says we're creator gods. Like he says mm-hmm. we're meant to create. Like, and mm-hmm. I always say this to people, like whether you're doing podcasts, writing books, creating music, um, if you have an Etsy store, if you ha- do art, you know, I think these are the things that we're supposed to be doing in life. Whereas like, you know, me, I, I told you just mm-hmm. before the show, I'm battling that right now that I'm doing mm-hmm. a nine to five job, but then my creative part of me wants to do this. And my mm-hmm. creative part of me wants to follow this and make this my career, because I feel like that that's what we're meant to do. I feel like we're meant to, I don't think everybody's supposed to have a podcast, but I do believe everybody's supposed to do something creative. Like all mm-hmm. the things I just said, like, what are your thoughts on that? You, you're absolutely right. Well, you know, one of the things that people forget is everything we do is creative, right? You know, so with intuition, um, let me see, where do I start with this? So we create, create a lot based on our values, right? But most of our values are not conscious. And we, we're taking values in that are being fed to us by society. This is changing a lot right now because people are starting to wake up and starting to say, you know, what do I really value? What really has meaning to me? And it's not going in to do nine to five. A lot of people are just seeing that's not working for them anymore, right? Um, and so part of the, the beginning with the creative process is having this connection between thoughts, words, and actions, right? So everything we do is creative, whether we think of it or not. And a lot of the creativity that we have is coming from the unconscious. And when it's unconscious, we end up being, I want to say, put into pathways or channels where we're doing what other people are wanting us to do. We're fitting into forms and into roles that other people are wanting us to fit into, right? And what I'm seeing more and more is that people are wanting to have the freedom to create their own path like you're doing right you're 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 maverick in that you're you're pioneering your own way forward and that's that's actually the wave of the future is where where, where we're being able to uh touch into those things that are that are the most uh, important for us and to follow our creative impulses coming from deep within and so everybody is creative whether it's you know getting up in the morning and brushing your teeth and you know those things are actually creative acts because we're creating our future with everything that we do 
And when you're talking about creativity in terms of a sort of um, meaning or mission or purpose, then it becomes really, really powerful. And people now are more and more starting to realize that the old ways, the old institutions, the old nine to five isn't working for them. And there's an there's a desire to a very deep yearning to try to make sense of something and to create something, create a lifestyle, a life path, a life journey that serves them, but also is of service to others is what I'm seeing moving forward. Yeah. And I know that's where you're at, right? Yeah, because I like helping people with the information I put out, right? And I'm yeah. sure that's how what you like with your books and like your intuition readings. Like you get a sense of like fulfillment when you help someone with a, like if you help them with something psi related, you know, mm. where you're tapping into your intuition and helping them or by the amazing spirituality books that you put out, like, you know, you're, 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 you're touching someone's soul, right? Yeah, that's, that's the intention is to really make a difference, right? And, um, you know, like you said, you don't have to have a podcast, you don't have to write books to make a difference. Just setting that intention of wanting to make a difference, you know, if you're in a good place, if you're radiating kindness, if you're radiating a sense of peace and inner tranquility, uh, if you're radiating a sense of compassion, and you go to the grocery store, your energy field is touching the people who are around you. And that's making a difference, right? That's creating. And it's creating in a very profound way that most people don't acknowledge. And so that's a, that's a really powerful thing to think about is how we're able to create in that way and to touch people in those subtle ways. And um, so there are many, many different ways to create and to touch people. Yeah. I wanted to ask you what you thought about this, because I, I don't know if you get into this much, but what do you think on like the, the new age term of things that like, that, you know, like life is basically like frequency and vibration and that we should be you know, at a higher frequency or a higher vibration. And then to, to spin off that, what do you, th- well, I'll ask you my next question. I'll let you tackle that first, but I would just okay. kind of see what you. Okay. So hmm, let me say, I don't like the word should, that we should be this or should be that, right? Because we are, we all are who and what we are, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and there's, there's a field of oneness that we're all in, which, um, it, it it just is, and we're all connected. So that's one thing that, um, so about frequency and vibration, everything is frequency and vibration. Tesla said that, right? Every I think Tesla said, if you want to understand the world, um, understand frequency and vibration. There's there's a great quote by Tesla around that. And for, for me as an intuitive, whenever I sit down with somebody, um, and, and I'm doing a session for them, first of all, I don't go into somebody's uh, space or into somebody's life unless they ask me for you know for information um that when they do it's like we're connected in this unified field and then I start picking up the frequencies and vibrations and the potentials of things that are there for them right um so if you want to raise your vibration right one of the things you do is you start to pay attention to your thoughts we're talking about creating again so it's creating your vibration using your thoughts your actions and your emotions um the vibrations that are the higher vibrations are like gratitude right so if you're feeling i know it's hard sometimes when you're feeling depressed to shift into those different higher frequencies and higher vibrations but if you can start to think about a beautiful day that you are grateful for or a wonderful experience on the beach or um, I don't know, you know, maybe a, a special 
meal that you had with somebody or you know sometimes it's just uh maybe your pet who was so sweet with you you know if you can start to have gratitude for things like that it immediately shifts your vibration and that's frequency that's vibration and that's how we can learn to move into higher frequencies so the reason we want to be in higher frequencies or higher vibrations is that it gives us access to greater intuition to more information in the field it gives access to more dimensions right i love that multi-dimensionality that we're able to access more and more as the earth becomes a little bit lighter and a little bit lighter right so i hope that maybe touches into that does that help answer a little bit there yeah yeah that's amazing I, that's kind of like what i thought and I, and i just wanted to hear your opinion on it because i think it's you have an amazing opinion on it but um what i was going to say is do you think we're actually moving to a, a like a like a new density like they talk about like do you think that there will be a split between the 5d people and the and like the you know like the fifth dimension or say like because mm-hmm. i noticed you said the world's getting lighter do you think we're actually or is there like an evolution to put it in a more intelligent way do you think there's an evolution of consciousness going on that could potentially evolutionize the human species that, that's a better way to put it mm-hmm. yes and it, it, we are going through an evolution of consciousness and it's accelerating right so buckle your seatbelts <laughs> i do so too and I, I and so so what's happening right now in in the world and actually in the universe at large is that um oh gosh um the earth's frequencies are getting lighter and faster and vibrating at higher and higher frequencies right um i'm not a physicist um I love astronomy and as an intuitive, I can tell you, and I know people know this already. If you look at how things felt maybe 10 years ago or 15 or 20 years ago, the energies were just much denser, right? Everything just felt denser. And it was, especially if you were trying to do some sort of spiritual work and make a difference in the world, it just seemed like slogging through mud, right? It's just like, yeah and and now there's more momentum there's more interest things are much lighter and the denser energies the you know the denser energies are starting to lose power right we're starting to see this in many ways um you know people used to worship the here you know business heroes who in fact were very greedy that's not a judgment but it just is what it is and people who who were very self-serving and it's starting to people are starting to see that those people they're starting to see those people for who and what they are and they're starting to understand that as humanity if we want to move forward What's important is compassion, it's cooperation with each other so that we can really support each other in these challenging times that are now and ahead, right? Because we do have some challenges to to move forward through over the next several years. And so there's there's a shift in values and a shift in in the frequencies in the earth because those those denser energies ruled for, you know, eons and eons. And now they just don't have a foothold anymore, right? And the old institutions and the old, um, all the old things that were in place, the old institutions, the old patterns, everything that does not serve the well-being of humanity is starting to lose footing and it's just going to dissolve, right? So, you know, we're, we're seeing more and more that that's happening and it, it just is the way it is. It can't, things that do not serve and do not benefit from humanity are 
not going to have um, a, a life going forward, basically. And it's hard to believe right now because we see a lot of really ugly things, right? But a lot of that ugliness has to come up and we have to see it and understand it for what it is so we can acknowledge it make a firm decision that's not the way we want to move forward as humanity and then make different choices, make better choices, right? So that's that's kind of <laughs> how I see it at the moment. That's amazing. And I wanted to ask you, one of the things that you wrote about when, when you wrote me about the questions I could ask you was we talked you talked about destiny. And if we all, if is our destiny written in stone or especially in like this new consciousness that we're, we're all going to be a part of it, we, it's kind of that we're all transcending now and we're, expanding our consciousness can we change potentials that intuitives like or like or where where things are accessible like or can we change our destiny absolutely absolutely so you know the interesting thing that one of the interesting things about doing intuitive sessions for me with people is that um and also for my own life experiences is, is that i see so when I'm in a field with somebody, when I'm in a session with somebody, we're in that unified field, I can tell them about potentials that I see, right? But I always tell them, you're empowered to make the choices and to make any changes. So, you know, these are potentials that are there, and then you have choices to make, right? Nothing is written in stone. And that's really important for people to understand. So if you if you go to somebody and they say, this is written in stone, then... <laughs> you know, I'd be a little bit wary about that. Sometimes I see potentials that are really, really strong. Like um, I, I had a, uh, there, there was a very wealthy businessman who I saw about a year and a half ago. And when, when he sat down with me, I saw that his wife was actually um, visiting some very high powered lawyers because she was considering having a divorce and I told him what I was seeing, you know, I, I don't have anything to prove. I don't have anything to preach. I just say, you know, this is, this is what's there. This is what I'm seeing. And he said, no, 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 that's not possible. And I say, <laughs> and I said, this is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing three lawyers. They're very, very high powered, expensive lawyers. Um, and, you know, she's, she's out to get revenge for whatever. Right. And so he, he said, that's not possible. And, November, so that was in September of last year. November came around and I was out at a cafe and he came up to me and he says, Deborah, <laughs> I really hate to tell you this, but you, you know, he sat down and he he pulled a letter out of his pocket and he said, This is the letter I got, and this is from my wife, and there this is signed by three lawyers that she has. <laughs> and she's she's wanting to have some sort of divorce, right? And so that's that was not a potential that was something that was already there in that she had already started the actions does that make sense um let me give you another example so you can see that things are not written in stone so that was something and even as I met with him from time to time he would ask me over the year you know what's going on and I would see that the wife kind of fluctuate you know does she really want to go this way or not and then finally she made the decision actually she didn't make the decision but he's it seems like he's going to make the decision now in any case so um 
I often have dreams. A lot of people have dreams and it's really important to learn how to work with them and to pay attention because they bring us, like, you know, they bring us tons and tons of information. And so I do a lot of workshops and a lot of retreats and very often before retreats and workshops, I'll see um, some of the people becoming and I'll know about the people, right? And I'll know how I'll be able to be of service to them or maybe if the person is going to be disruptive. So, or maybe just kind of the feel of, of, you know, how I can help to shift the field. So I had one retreat in, in Geneva. Um, it was, it was a, a day long workshop and I had a dream that people were going to be quite agitated because it was a full moon day. Right. And um, I got that information ahead of time. And then when I came into the space, I, I paid extra attention to kind of settling the place and encouraging people to, to settle down and was able to channel the energy in a way so that energy was, was, respected and but able to be channeled in a creative way rather than to be dispersed and and disruptive to people right so that's very often it's possible to get information intuitively so that you can modify and improve the results right so that's what I mean by nothing is written in stones. We get information and our intuition is our best friend, right? So I always tell people when they when they consult me or in my intuition circle, I have a group of people who are learning about intuition, that when I give impressions and when things come, always check in with themselves about their own intuition. Does that feel right to them, right? Super important because it's it's everything is there so that people are empowered, so that people begin to connect more and more with what feels right to them. Um, and, and how to use their own intuition. Um, I wanted so, to ask you a question though. Yeah. It seems mm-hmm. like you're getting like psi or psychic visions too, besides your intuition, right? Or is that kind of how, is that how your, um, how your gift works or, cause like, cause when you explained about that guy seeing those three warriors, like obviously, or you, you know, you saw the three warriors, like mm-hmm. obviously that's something that you saw, like that was like, that was like a psychic gift, but you're probably using your intuition to to see is that a right or wrong thing or i'm trying to you know what i mean like i'm sorry so you're asking how does it work right yeah yes exactly yeah so it's complete there's no analysis there is no analysis it's it's i tell people what's there right so so whatever's there I say, this is, this is what I'm perceiving for a lot of people. So this is for people who are interested in using their own intuition. A lot of people, the feeling will come first, right? And and then it'll take a little bit of time. And then they may start to, to develop um, maybe more uh, visuals around it. And um, when you start to just say what's there and you start to express it and you get the affirmation from the person who's in front of you, right? Or, Sometimes you don't get the affirmation until months later, or sometimes I have an Australian client who um, I've seen like, you know, three or four years ago, and she contacted me recently and she said, you know, everything you said was exactly right. And I said, oh, that's interesting. (laughs) You know, so it's it's just all these affirmations, Um, but it's not, it doesn't filter through the linear mind, right? It doesn't, there's not a process of analysis that happens so it's it's everything's in this field this potential that's there and and it's just allowing it to be expressed right and sometimes I have people's guides who come in and I know you're interested also in the uh, the star families the galactics extraterrestrials right yes, for sure. and and that this is another aspect that to me was completely unfamiliar and then 
as I was doing intuitive sessions, very often I'll, it depends, I'll see, um, you know, departed souls. Sometimes I'll, I'll see um, people's guides and those guides are not always in human form, right? And so um, I had one client who was in um, Dubai and we were having a session and I suddenly saw this group of like seven or nine, I think it was like seven beings and they were all wearing this particular blue costume to me it was like costume or uniform and I'd never seen these these beings before and I knew that they were star families or galactics right um I learned later I didn't know but I learned later when I looked because I was curious you know if anybody else had seen these kind of beings before I thought they were from Sirius they were Syrians right and you know what, so they this were... is amazing I, I just have to ask you this real quick do you think like were you first of all I have to ask you this were you a believer before this like because it seems like they're they're making their presence known to people like yourself who are sensitives who are open right and and this yeah. is amazing and I love it so preach I mean like I, I'm sorry I just had to say I had to ask you if you were a believer before this because you know I know you come from the corporate world so it had to be a shock to start seeing people's star families right it it was a surprise yeah because it's not you know I have not been somebody who's been interested or, or really thought much about it but when you know I can tell you so you know a lot of people are curious about how to know if if a presence is beneficial or not if it if it, it has a sense of um you know is is it okay right and when their presence was there I just felt this tremendous love and caring for myself and also for the for the the, the person who they were guiding right and it's like I got to benefit from that beautiful energy that they were sharing with my with my client and transmit the information that they were that they gave me for her, right? So it was a, a beautiful experience. It was unusual, and um, so I've had number numerous experiences like that. And one of the things that I discovered is that um, a lot of people expect star families, galactics, ETs to be 3D, like we're 3D, right? You can touch this, we're physical. Um, for me, I, uh, for me more and more, it, they're in other dimensions. So if you can raise your vibration or if they can shift their vibration to your level and you can meet somewhere, then you can connect right and you can get information directly so there are another dimensions and it's just you know can you shift your frequency to be in those dimensions right i was in um crete for a, a stargate workshop i'm a stargate facilis facilitator with um um which is in mount shasta the stargate group with pragit um and jewels of the stargate experience and in Crete, again, this is another one of those experiences I was not expecting, but it was after I'd had the first, the initial experiences. I was in this room of about 50 people and Crete already has an amazing energy to it. And if you start to open up to the different dimensions, um, you feel, I mean, I could feel this energy and Alcazar, who is um, uh, channeled by Pergate and Jules of the Stargate experience, was talking about this um city of light above Crete and it's interesting because I had I could see the first levels of it before he mentioned it and I got really excited because I, I knew that it was truth because I could feel it and I could see the first the lower levels right that were closer to the the earth experience and 
so in any case, I was in this room in Crete where there's this incredible vibe. And um, it was about the Stargate. And there were a lot of people there who were interested in galactics and star families. And it's still quite new to me at that point. And at one point, I look out across the room and standing next to each physical person that was there was a, a star being and they were small they were huge they were different forms that I had never seen before it was and you know I was just like they were my mouth open and my eyes open and it was it was a confirmation to me that they were all there and all these people have were had really strong connections to the star families from different galaxies and different places so you know everything is everything is um opening up for a lot of people and so you know people think that star families and, and galactics are only physical then you know begin to open your mind and consider it differently because it's not you know it's not necessarily right yeah and i was gonna say i think it's like what they want for us i think like before they make contact with us i think they would probably like to see humanity evolve to a certain level of consciousness where we're able because maybe they're if they're obviously non-corporeal or i think that's the right kind of term you know they're not physical form then mm -hmm. they've probably mastered certain level laws of like interdimensional um reality right mm -hmm. so so and that that probably comes with higher consciousness and you know being at a higher frequency and and mm -hmm. and, and learning how to transcend the physical form right so mm -hmm. I, so like um or, or do you think they're they're making their presence known more and more to people and you mm -hmm. think we can connect more yeah, and the veils are thinning, right? The veils are thinning for departed souls. So, so people want to connect with departed loved ones. That's one thing, right? And then it's also for, for the galactics as well. And, you know, realize that that for the galactics, they're at a higher level of consciousness, but many of us have already been there as well. And we decided to incarnate, incarnate in physical bodies because we want to help humanity through this challenging time, right? And so that's something to be aware of. And they're there, they respect enormously that we've taken on this really tough challenge of being embodied in a physical form because it's tough being on the earth plane, right? It's not an easy, it's not an easy game here, right? We got a lot to a lot to manage, a lot to maneuver, and a lot to to surf through. Um, and so, you know, they honor us, they love us, they bring in lots of good information and good energy when we open up to it. And so, you know, the, there is a very strong um, sense from them that they wish to benefit us and help us to bring in information, inspiration for new technologies, for creative ideas, for ways to help us moving forward. So, you know, my impression is we're going to get a lot of support from them in helping us through the challenging times ahead and we're going to need it, right? So being open to that is hugely important. The important thing, you know, that a lot of us have to get through is that many of the technologies that they have available that they can use to support us have been, unfortunately, in the past misused for destruction and destructive purposes. And that that's not going to happen moving forward. They won't allow that. So, you know, can we evolve at least individually enough to be able to accept the information, the inspiration, the innovations, and to use them in ways that are not only for self-profit and for destructive purposes? You know, so that's a big one. 
Mm-hmm. With like doc, people like Dr. Greer who say that we've had like free energy all this time and like anti-gravity technology that it's kind of being suppressed. And what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I, I only have hearsay, right? I don't have the any direct research yeah. about I think, it. But I think that's okay because in, in ufology or in U, ufology or whatever you want, or even in the conscious community, a lot of times mm-hmm. I think we're speculating, right? I mean, because we, mm-hmm. we don't know the ETs yet. Right? I mean, we, we see them. There's people like you who connect mm-hmm. them and stuff, but we don't know what they think or right. So I think it's all kind of like speculation at this point, right? So, to, to a certain degree. Well, we can go back to Tesla, right? Tesla had the invention that used the ionosphere to provide free energy to everybody. And that was his intention, right? And it was suppressed. So there you have one example. Why is so other people could have a certain amount of power and, and exploit it financially? And that was not Tesla's intention. Tesla, I feel, was connected to galactics as well because he had he had those amazing inspirations, right? And he was very open and broad-minded. Um, and, you know, his intention was to do things to benefit humanity. And he was suppressed. His ideas were taken and stolen and, and, and destroyed. Um, the things that were beneficial were, were turned and, and abused and misused, right? So there's one example that you have that is proof that it is true, that that's true. There's some people that say that Tesla was a, was from Venus, supposedly, but that's all speculation. But they also say that the FBI, um, they they scooped up his files after he died. You know, like they didn't mm-hmm. want anybody getting a hold of those, especially like something like Russia or another country, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, my understanding from documentaries is that that actually is true, that the that the U.S. government came in and took all the files whenever he he, he was gone. So mm-hmm. who knows what kind of technology we really have or, or what we, we have had because Tesla was uh, just beyond his years a genius. Like they, there's there's talk that he might have had like a like a death ray or something like that or a Tesla mm-hmm. death ray. Like there's he had amazing inventions that like we, that it's hard to even put our finger on today. Mm-hmm. Like our technology yeah. couldn't match, match it today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and people were not ready for it. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'd ask you this. How come you don't call yourself a medium? Because like you're basically doing like medium type work or, or, mm-hmm. or do you not go to those? Do you not tap into family members and stuff all the time or uh, family members who pass? Like, and stuff yeah, like that. That, that's that's a great question. So um, I first learned about different dimensions through departed souls. Right. So <laughs> this is going to sound really weird. <laughs> To me, it sounds really weird. So I was in a loft in Annecy, in in the French Alps. I'm, I'm in the French between the French Alps and Switzerland, and um, it was an 1840s farmhouse. I was meditating really early in the morning, and I had been spending a lot of uh, doing regular weekly sessions with um, a spiritual group in Geneva, Switzerland, where the teacher was a medium, and. Um, I had never been really interested in that. I always found that kind of kind of intimidated me. It kind of scared me a little bit. Um, and I was sitting in this loft uh, where, where I was living and writing my books in Annecy. And it was five o'clock in the morning. And it was a dark winter morning. And I was sitting meditating in this total silence. And suddenly, I feel this energy come in from my right and I hear a, a voice say Deborah Moffat and I, I just jumped out of my skin. 
And that's when I realized that departed, this was a departed soul. I could, I could feel the energy of it. There's a particular energy to departed souls. And I could feel the energy of it. And I knew from my teacher, who was the medium, um, she was actually our spiritual teacher, but since she was a medium, she talked about how that worked as well. I knew from her that you basically set your boundaries, right? And so I told this being, this, this departed soul, I said, listen, I'm doing my meditation right now. It's about boundaries as well, right? I'm doing my meditation right now and I'm creating this, this room and I created an inner room in my, in my inner space. And it was like an office and there were two chairs. It was one for me and one for whoever, whichever soul was there to, to share with, right? And I said, when I'm in this room, you can come and talk to me and I'll be accessible. When I'm not, you know, I'm not available. And so it was like an office and um, there was there was a, a wall that I could see that, that was glass. It was frosted glass up from the knees up and below the knees, it was see-through. I could see through it. And as soon as I said that, there was this whole line of departed souls <laughs> outside in the hallway. <laughs> so, um, so you ask about why I don't call myself a medium. And one of the reasons is for mediumship to me, it feels that the beings want to merge their energy field with you so that you can get the information. There's 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 a sort of, I was talking about being in that field of oneness when I'm with clients. And so that doesn't feel good to me when I'm with departed souls. It, the energy just does not feel good to me. So that's why. So when 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 I'm with people, I see departed family members that are with them. If they have something to say, I ask their guides if they want to share something to let me know, but I don't let them come into my energy field because it just does not feel good to me. On the other hand, when when the when the galactics, the star families are there, I feel that energy. It feels really light and really beautiful. And I just love it. And that that's a different experience. And so that's... You know what I just thought about this. The reason probably why the departed souls feel heavier is because a lot of those souls are from the olden days of here, right? Of, of the earth where things were a lot harder, right? And there were a lot of those people died in wars. A lot of them probably died, maybe murder, or they, you know, or they could just have regular death. They could have cancer, you, mm -hmm. who knows? But we all leave with this earth with a lot of problems, right? So maybe mm -hmm. their souls are burdened, whereas the galactics, their souls aren't burdened because they're at a higher level of being. What do you think about that? That could be, you know, I don't, I don't, pretend to be able to hmm, to say why that energy is so different for me um I know it doesn't feel good is it because you know it's it's a dimensional thing right they're in they're in a dimension that doesn't feel like a dimension that I want to frequent does that make sense yeah, yeah um, that makes a lot of sense yeah so you know it, it and it's as simple as that so it's not a judgment call uh, it's not even that people who are departed souls are um, uh, are stuck in this earth plane. Many of them just want to share information or let loved you know loved ones know that they're okay, and and I transmit that information, but not directly through my energy field. Not I don't allow them to come close. Right, you stay over there, and you can you know your guides can give me the information. Um, and so it's just it's just a dimensional thing. It's not a dimension where I want to spend a lot of time. So that's it, I think. So it's not a judgment. And, and, and from your, from, I, this is just an off question, but I just have to ask because you you have a lot of knowledge on this stuff, and I can tell you truly connect. So like, 
to have someone like you, it's a real honor. Like, what do you think on the thoughts of the people that say we're kind of like in a reincarnation trap that, you know, that we're like living in the matrix. And I'm sure you get a lot of synchronicities and, and Mandela effects and stuff like that, that make you probably mm-hmm. question your reality too. But do you, would you say we're living in a matrix? And, and then on top of that, do you think we're in some kind of reincarnation trap? Uh, if you mean a reincarnation trap where we can't, get out is that what you mean i'm not quite sure yeah, what you mean yeah like reincarnation like that we're, we're like forced to come back here over and over again against our will like you know like they say that like the <laughs> archons like if you go back to gnostic studies they say the archons did that um mm-hmm. they say that um maybe the you know if you go into like esoteric studies people say the mm-hmm. anunnaki maybe have a control over this realm and and then mm-hmm. they say that there's reptilians that kind of feed off our energy i'm sure you have to deal with malevolent mm-hmm. entities from time to time like that these maybe these reptilian entities are feeding mm-hmm. off our loosh which is our energy you know mm-hmm. and um we're, we're used like batteries in the matrix that we're, we're reincarnated over and over again like batteries this is a theory that some people have i'm not i'm not saying yay or nay i'm like mm-hmm. art bell i just report or george nori i just report what yeah. what i hear like okay you know, okay so let me give you so i try to base things on my experience right i, I don't do a lot of research about these things i'm based on my experience um when my Intuitive abilities, after I left the corporate world, I was an international business for, for quite a few years. After I left the corporate world, I committed to working with my dreams. And that started opening up my intuition and making me more aware of the different levels of consciousness, right? And in that space, I started to see through dreams. And often after that, connecting directly, I could see um past lives and understand past life connections and past lives I'd have with different people so for me that's not a trap it's that many of us have been here to learn many so it's more of a benevolent thing it's we choose we choose to come back again and again it's a choice this is a free will planet right okay you choose yeah you choose and that's why that's why Um, saying that things are written in stone doesn't work or when I give readings to people and tell them you know these are the potentials I tell them these are the potentials I don't say this is what's going to happen right because we're in a free will experience and you can always create and shift and change your experience right so through my awareness of my reincarnation experience with many different people um it has been hugely illuminating and, and helpful for me in terms of being a writer because I understand um, why, you know, why different things have happened the way they are. So let me give you an example. This is kind of a funny one. Um, so there is one person in my life who, um, who I had a relationship with and um, he had been extremely successful in, in doing business in the automobile industry in Japan. Right. And um, also, I found out later that we had a connection in Japan as well. So the interesting thing about that is that when later on, after we split up and I started to get information about what happened, I saw that he had been a Japanese lord in probably the medieval times. Right. In Japan, he'd been very successful, very wealthy, had a lot of power and Many of the people that he reincarnated with in this lifetime in the automobile industry were people that he knew from that lifetime. And so they were repeating the same patterns. They would see him and they would recognize him immediately as somebody who they had to respect. 
and who was wealthy. And that's how he, that's how he was treated, right? And he ended up making a fortune in his lifetime as well. <laughs> and so, you know, when you see people who are, um, who end up becoming wealthy, for example, a lot of it has to do with their past situations or their past karma. And often people will try one experience one time and another experience another time. Many people who are in the spiritual realm in this lifetime have memories of or have experiences of poverty. And many have taken vows of poverty in previous lifetimes, right? And so if they can remember and release those vows of poverty and realize that having money is not wrong and it's not evil, um, they can be free and start to shift their whole perspective around abundance. And so, you know, it's, to me, it's, the earth is an amazing place to learn. It's a place of duality and you can choose your story <laughs> in many ways, but many of the things that we choose have happened. The choices have been made before we incarnate in this earth plane, including parents, you know, so we're not really victims. That doesn't work <laughs> to think of it as that way. So I don't know if that helps to, to eliminate it. So the, you talked about the reincarnation. What was the other one? Do you, oh, do we do you think we live in some kind of matrix that we're that this is like a simulation? Um, you know, for me, it's that doesn't really make any sense. So when I'm in nature, right? When I'm in nature, um, seems I'm very connected real, right? to what's that? Seems very real, right? It's it's it becomes so exquisitely real. And as you open your senses and you become, you allow yourself to be more open and intuitive, it becomes vibrant. I mean, the, the colors become vibrant. Nature just becomes so vibrant. Just the visuals just of it, it just, that's not a matrix. That's real. And you feel the energies of it. You feel that, that connection, the support of Gaia, of Mother Earth. You feel the elementals who are there supporting the growth of the garden, you know, the, and the, there's a connection with animals, which is very different. So, you know, the matrix to, to me feels like something very artificial. And my experience of life is very direct and very real and very vibrant and very alive. So that doesn't, that's not my experience. Let's put it that way. So, you know, everybody has to make their decisions. I respect that. I mean, like, I have like a 50-50 look on it. Like, I'm still like, because I feel, I see, see like weird examples of the Mandela effect. That's one of the things. I mean, I have a bunch of things of why we think, why I think we might be in a simulation. It's weird. But like, but one of the big ones is the Mandela effect. Like, things changing from our past that we thought were were one way but now they're 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 another way it's almost like a like a glitch or something or sometimes or you know like you you look if you look on the internet you'll see a lot of people who find these like glitch in the matrix type videos like they'll there's like a picture of a cat and it's walking but it's not going anywhere it's mm -hmm. you know like it's mm -hmm. and this is like real stuff you know mm -hmm. so, i mean like do, do you know what i'm talking about these weird yeah, let, let me yeah i want to share uh, an experience that uh, a friend of mine shared recently right so this is a um another uh stargate buddy <laughs> um and you know we're in this space where dimensions are starting to open up and unfold and it's very different than anything we've had in the past right and to me it's it's sometimes when those things happen it's because we're between dimensions or you know we're not we're not you know the the this physical stuff right like this is the physical stuff is actually just it's all just energy Right. Yeah. It's all energy, but it's just a more solid form of it. Um, <laughs> and time as well. Time, th things are very weird. So, so this friend was, um, 
was at the supermarket and she was doing her shopping. It was in California. And um, one moment she looked up and at the end of the aisle, nobody was moving, right? And she, she, she stopped and she realized that she was moving and everything was okay. And she was, had been putting things in her cart, but nobody was moving. And she went, whoa, what's going on here? What's that? It's a a matrix type of event. Like, you know, like that would freak me out. But she interpreted that as being like this sort of dimensional thing, right? Because time is a dimension. Time is a dimension, right? So, so, you know, it was like, it was like she, she was in a place where the others were not. <laughs> I like that. That's so cool. That's it, a- it actually goes along with, um, I'm sure, you know, Dolores Cannon, right? Oh, you know, Dolores Dolores Cannon. Cannon. Yeah. yeah. It, she has um, written some amazing books. I love her books. And so they talk a lot about different things. And so one of her clients, as I remember it, went out of her building and went down onto the street and it was, I think the, you know, this was in the 1980s or something when she was doing the hypnosis and this client goes, went out and down onto the street and she got on the street and it was back in the 1950s, right? And all the cars are 1950s. Everybody on the street was dressed 1950s. She completely freaked out, went back up into apartment, you know, trying to figure out what, what was going on. And then she went back out again and everything was back to normal. <laughs> so, you know, it's to me, it's about dimensions. And so let me give you another little insight to that, right? So I was in Charleston, South Carolina, where I lived for a while. You know, Charleston, it's yeah, a beautiful place. It's not, it's, it's, and, I love that city. It's a, such a nice historical city. Yeah. And, and these historical cities like Rome and other places like that, which have a lot of history, um, they have certain levels to them that are people will feel, but often they're not perceptible to the eyes, right? I'm in the old town in Charleston where there are the cobblestone streets. And I look down this alleyway and I'm with friends from Charleston. And I see this, this man standing on um, like a, a balcony with a 1700s wig. You know, the, how the, the lawyer's wigs are, the white powdered wigs and this costume um, from the 1700s and and I had the feeling he was some sort of legal like a lawyer or something and I said what what was you know what was that building down there <laughs> and they told me it was the all the old law courts right <laughs> and so it's I was perceiving um an impression in time right so so when and this is what happens with ghosts for me that's not a ghost it's an impression in time it's it's um Somebody who was there probably was there frequently and left really, it was like an imprint on time, right? So that's what I was seeing in that, in another dimension, people who see ghosts, it's it's like they're seeing a, a, an experience that was impressed in the time in that particular place. And that's what you, I was you, seeing. What's weird about that to add, I'll just tell you, like, did you ever see those examples of ghosts that kind of like replay over and over again, like a, like a tape? That, that's 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 the way it is it's an impression in time yeah i've always wondered about that and that makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense as to why mm-hmm. that would be that way right mm-hmm. i mean like it, it so like it's something that that had a major effect like maybe like a trauma so that's what made it become a ghost or, or, an, or an impression in time so, so so there's a difference between an energetic right which creates sort of fear and anxiety which people will call a ghost and an impression to me, right? Okay. So, so d- does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, because sometimes there are places that have a really creepy feeling energetic to them where sometimes not good things happen, like battlefields, there's that energetic there. And it tends to hang around for a long time, even though that's that's being cleansed at the moment. It's being cleansed more and more, those types of things. Um, so to me, there's a difference between those impressions in time um, where you have uh, an impression of, uh, I mean, like Rome, you feel it everywhere and you can see things everywhere. Um, and the the creepy energies, which which are different. So there's, you know, there's, yeah. I mean, so have you ever picked up on the ghost of like a gladiator while you're in Rome? Like that would be so cool. But I mean, at the same time, it'd be so weird because I'm like a big historian. So like, I, you know, I I would have loved to see the Colosseum and like and mm-hmm. feel that energy because I mean, I, I bet you it would have a horrible energy of death, right? I mean, people think it's a beautiful place, but the things that went on there were just horrible. They were making people fight against their will, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, so Rome. Um... You know, so it's it's like different hmm, these really ancient cities. It's it's like you you pick up things in layers, right? Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like the way the sediments settle when they're doing digs, archaeological yeah. digs. You pick up things in layers, and so um, you know, there's such an intricate interweaving of the energies in a place like Rome that you get. Um, to me, most of it just makes me feel really, really, I just feel the richness of it. It's like there's a really rich texture to that city. And I just, I love it. It's so exquisite. Um, if you go and you tune into that level of Rome where, you know, there's the Colosseum and, and those types of really awful things that happen, then you'll pick up those things. But for the most part, I feel like the, the culture there was really, really deeply rich and focused on beauty and aesthetics from, for much of the time right so so it depends on you know what you sort of tune into a lot yeah and I guess it all it all looks it all it all depends on your perspective of life and what I've picked up from your perspective is that you're more of a happy high vibe person where mm-hmm. you don't want to welcome that I mean, it's not that you don't want to welcome it to you into your reality but you, you'd rather be focused on the positive things right it seems like well, you know, when they're, when, on the negative energies some people I'm, welcome the negative energies because then they'll channel them or whatever you know Mm. like it seems like you don't want nothing to do with that um so i acknowledge them when they're there yeah right it's denial does not work it's denial is not a strategy right (laughs) same with emotions it's like people who people in the spiritual world say oh you're not supposed to be angry well that's not true you know anger emotions are there to move us it's from the latin um and so when you feel anger you just have to learn how to channel it and get it out of the body and release it. And then you can share about, you know, what, the, what's upset you. Um, so that's a wise way of dealing with it. Saying something shouldn't be there or trying to deny negative energies is not a solution. Um, I had, <laughs> I had, a, I don't know if I should share about this experience. It was very strange. And I, and um Okay, I'm going to share about it, not to scare people, but just to let you know that there are all kinds of experiences, right? And there's nothing to fear. Just stay grounded and stay um, in, you know, stay in a sense of, uh, how can I say that? Love. That's it. Yeah, right? Um, I had a friend who wanted me to come to his house because he felt like there were there was an entity or there were entities in his house, right? And 
I don't do that kind of thing. But I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come. He'd been insisting for a long time. And so he made a meal for me. And it's the first time I'd ever been to his house, even though we'd known each other for a few years. And um, we sat down and ate. It was, it was all organic, all fresh foods. And, um, you know, it's interesting because in about 20 minutes after I started eating, um, I could taste that the food had turned. It was like it had almost been poisoned. It was really oh. weird. It had been turned. It, it would turn. So I got really, really sick and I started vomiting, ran into the bathroom and started vomiting. And so the understanding that I had is that the, the energies that were there, which I was able to see later on, um, knew that he had, had invited me there to help him to understand and to clear the space. And they didn't want me there. They didn't want me to help that. And because of the location of the place, I feel like there were underground currents or there was something with the, what do they call it? The geobiology, right? The way, the, the physical location of the place that also allowed those energies to be more um oh that's healthy. geomagnetism geomagnetism it's the geomagnetics of the the earth right because they, they it could be i think that's what it is i'm not sure I'm not, I'm not uh, i don't I'm, i don't quite understand it but i know there are people who who work with those energies who you know who work with the underground rivers and the underground currents and you know those kind of the the energetics of the earth um in any case, it did feel like there was some of that at play as well that ga that gave them more potency. And um, so I ended up going home. <laughs> and then he invited me to come back and, and we cleared the space. We invited the, the it, it was actually um, people that he had known in his life who he was maintaining the connection with them unconsciously because of, through guilt of some things that had happened. He had felt responsible for death of, of one of these beings, and that was maintaining the energy of that person of, the, of those beings there. And it was not his; it was not his fault. And so, there was quite an intense energy there. It it cleared and it shifted quite a lot. So just remember to stay in love, right? I know it's not easy to, and you know it's better if you don't know how to deal with those things, just to not, you know, just to try to. Um, step away from those experiences and not try to clear things right if, if you don't know yeah. or if you don't feel comfortable with that i agree <laughs> i think that's really well said i agree with a lot of the things you've said today like I, I i like your theories a lot like i'm a little bit more i do believe that we're in some kind of a little bit of a simulation i don't know what it is it's like a it seems to me like it's a biological simulation because i kind of i agree with you that we're like in this biological world when you're in nature it seems very real but then mm -hmm. i just get weird things that draw me back to well maybe this is make some kind of biological stimulus i don't know i don't know mm -hmm. <laughs> well, when i wanted to ask you was before we go to your website and stuff like or you tell your website is there anything else you wanted to cover that we might have not touched on yet today or um I think there was that question about division, right? About people, the 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 separation of the ways is what you had mentioned, right? Yeah. Um, what I saw several years ago is a lot of people have decided to leave the physical realm right now, right? And we're seeing that. We're seeing it happen. Um, and a lot of people are making that decision because of the frequency shifts. Right. It's it's a challenge to go through these, you know, to surf through these changes because the body is changing. 
We have to change our, our mental frameworks, our emotional ways of, of, of addressing things. Um, and so, you know, what the experience that we're moving toward is more of an understanding of oneness, of this oneness. Everything is one. How can I do intuitive readings? How can I know things before they, they occur? It's because of the oneness. It's in the field. And, you know, we're in different places. You know, I'm I'm in, in Europe, in in the, the Alps today, and you're in, where, where are you at? You're in... I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Right, right. Okay, Pittsburgh. I thought that's where you were. Like okay. East Coast, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the place of liberty and freedom. Um, and, you know, we're in this field of oneness. As listeners tune in, they're going to be in this field of oneness, and they're going to pick up on the energies that we are sharing and also start to actually capture some of the experiences that we're sharing because they can tune into the frequencies of those experiences and learn from them and pick them up and understand, aha, you know, that I've had those experiences or understand that experience because I can feel the energetic of it. Does that make sense? And so we're moving into a completely different sort of paradigm. And so the old matrix, so to speak, as you want to call it, is an artificial construct and what we're moving into is not an artificial construct it's where everything is accessible everything is transparent but not through machinery not through we don't need the internet to access it right yeah i don't need the internet to be able to tell me about um what's going on with other people in fact i'm usually telling people other people you know i'm not telling them i'm sharing the information that comes in about the experiences that they want to know more about right and I help business people understand situations through a number of directors of different places that ask me to support them with um, all kinds of different, you know, projects, what projects are, are, you know, and the things that come in. (laughs) I had somebody who's asking me about um, different partners he was thinking about using for chemical, sourcing some chemicals in Europe. And, um, I gave him the feedback. I don't know anything about that. I just gave him the feedback that was there in the field about the lack of professionalism of one. One was not capable of following through with with whatever. And what came in was to look in an Eastern country. I thought maybe it was Slovakia. And then I heard Slovenia. And I left that with him, right? And he told me a, a, a few months later, he said, you know, I looked in, there was exactly what I was looking for and I'm working with that company in Slovenia. <laughs> you know, so, so cool. everything is accessible in the field. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I'm it just giving this sense. example so that people understand that it's not, that was not, I didn't have any knowledge, any direct knowledge about what he was talking about. It was all in the field. And I just said, you know, just said what was there. So, you know, it's it's about oneness and moving forward with this understanding of not dividing the old the old paradigm, the old matrix has been divided to conquer, right? Separate us and conquer us. When we're in oneness, we're cooperating, we feel gratitude, we feel inspired and learn from each other. Nothing can stop us. Humanity is going to thrive and we're going to grow more and more and expand more and more. So I think that's it. That's the most important. I think that's really well said. And just to kind of cap off what you said, like, you know, people think we're worried about war and stuff like that. I'm 
I'm not even, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm not even letting it in my energy field. I mean, I know we have to acknowledge that it's there, but if mm-hmm. we can rise above and, and, and consciously overcome and not buy into it, because it seems, seems like there are a lot of psyops and false flags anyway, like, you know, if we don't buy into their war machine, then we can transcend it maybe, right? Mm, exactly so that's where raising the consciousness about these things is super important right because if we stay in the division if we stay in the stories that are being told by one side or another we're falling into those old ways and those old ways don't work and they do not serve us anymore when we start to dig deeper and look at the interests that are at play behind the stories then we start to understand, aha, this is not in the interest of humanity, right? This is not in the greater interest. It's to serve people who are greedy, who want to make money, who want to divide and conquer. And that's not where we're going. We're on an accelerated path as humanity, right? And it's not going to be stopped. We can support that path by acknowledging that there are people who may be destructive enough to push a button right we can call on the star families the galactics ets to support us in making sure that doesn't happen we can raise our frequency and collectively say no to our congressmen to our representatives and just you know let it be known that we're not going to be a part of that divisive warmongering narrative right that does not serve humanity so you know those are important things to know and we can make a difference by recognizing being aware and and shifting our own perspective and our own awareness and and you know prayer you know I, i wouldn't call it prayer i call it raising the frequency and focusing on um what i can do about a situation right I think that's really well said. That's that's really well said. Um, so, uh, if someone wants to get a session with you, or if you want to tell your website, and you if you have a YouTube, uh, or I know you have a YouTube, but uh, all your websites, if you want to tell them and, and where how people can get a session with you. And thank okay. you, by the way. That's oh, awesome. my pleasure. It's been wonderful to connect with you, Rob. I really enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah, so, my name is Deborah Moffat, and the website is debramoffat.com. D e b r a m o f f i t t dot com. And you'll find um, a link for intuitive sessions, um, different time links according to what's needed. I recommend people do a longer one to start because it takes a little bit of time to get into things. Um, and I have an intuitive intuition circle to teach people that intuition. Um, I also have books. One of, one of the books that people have really enjoyed a lot recently is Girl on the Roof. It's about some of my it brings in the multidimensional dimensional experiences in World War II in Annecy. So that a lot of people are finding that it's it's a thriller. It's a World War II thriller about um, a young girl who has um, who has is at a funeral and she sees someone has died. She has to discover who died and then discover how and then discover how to present, prevent that from happening to her best friend from a very difficult position. So that's the girl on the roof. So. And, and there's much more to discover. So I look forward to connecting with people. And, and mm-hmm. one thing I wouldn't do you justice if I didn't mention this too. You do these retreats in the free French Alps. Before we go, if you mm-hmm. want to just give the audience a little bit on that, if anybody would be interested mm-hmm. in that, like if you could just tell them what you do with that. Yeah. So um, 
Gosh, for many years, I have had um, very successful um, retreats that have been noted in the, the Right Life as one of the top retreats worldwide. And that has been in the French Alps and also in the Swiss Alps. And those retreats are about um, bringing together writing and intuition, right? So writing and doing it from, not from a linear, but from a very different place. It's about accessing um, the creative self, as we were talking about to start with, from an, a more intuitive and meditative space. So I, I lead people into getting into those spaces so they can access other aspects of themselves and start to tap into the creativity. And I've had people write and have their books published really fast after some of my retreats. And so that's been really cool. Um, the place where I'm at right now is where I'm, I'm, I have space to do retreats now. I can do um, private weekends and, and longer private retreats if people are interested. Um, and also teaching about intuition. So I think that's, uh, I think that pretty much says it, says it for the moment. People can contact me if they want to know more. Hmm. And, and that's awesome. And and thank you so much for doing this. I, I had, this was a great, I only usually go 45 minutes to an hour with most people and we went an hour and 15 minutes. So this was a good conversation. I, I thought it was really awesome. And I, I want to thank you for your time. Mm, my pleasure. And all the best to you, Rob, for your, what you're doing. You're doing a great job as well. Thank you. I've enjoyed the conversation. Great questions. Thanks. And I'll send you a link when I post it. Wonderful. I look forward. I'll share with it. Share it as well. Thanks. Thanks. Have a good night.